listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the TMZ Movie Crashers podcast. I'm your host, Paige Catton from 2Fab. And I'm Chantal from TMZ's social team. And as you can see, we are at home again. We probably will be shooting at home for a bit. Unclear for how long, but we're, we're rolling with it. Right, Chantal? Oh, yeah. It's nice to, to be in my own comfy space. But I will say I, I kind of do miss the office a little bit. But yeah, safety first. Safety first. There's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you can see, Fabian is not here. He's on vacation for a couple of weeks. So Chantal, thank you so much for filling in. Really appreciate it. I'm so it, excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here. So it's it's girls day. It's girls day. Um, so we say this every week. There was so much movie news. It's hard to choose. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this week there wasn't as much, which is kind of like good in a way, but also like knock it away it's almost like we like to have a lot to choose from but um there was still a lot of big stuff there was a lot of trailers a lot of big announcements so we have some excited stuff to talk about um today you know some things that we aren't talking about that i just want to note you know um there was another cast member added to dune part two leia Seydu. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right that's what google that's what google said (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i'm really excited about that because as you guys know i'm a huge Timothy Chalamet fans. I'm very excited for Dune Part 2. Um, there is more Ezra Miller, dra- Ezra Miller drama. It's just ongoing. It seems like every week there's something else. Um, mm-hmm. um, according to a Deadline report, um, they reportedly won't be in any future DC projects as The Flash, um, which isn't that surprising. It's not confirmed, of course, um, but it's still unclear what will happen with the current Flash film that's in the can. Um, oh, I guess yes. we'll have to see about that. Um but I feel like a lot of people want to know of what's going to happen with the, the current Flash film uh, more than anything. So I guess we'll see. Um, that other, one of the trailers that really that I was excited about that came out was the movie Not Okay with Zoe Deutsch and Dylan O'Brien. I don't know if you saw that trailer. I did not. With, yeah. What's the premise? It's like a Zoe Deutsch plays like an influencer like at in, in Paris. And I don't know. It's, okay. I don't know. It seems like some sort of like fun, but also like, like a dramedy kind of film is what it seems like. Um, I could be wrong mm. on that. but That's kind of the vibe that I got. Um, I love Dylan O'Brien. So I'm excited for that. Um, no, it sounds also, like an all-star cast. Right? There's also a Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore film in the works that, that just came out today. And I just like had to mention that because I was like, ah, yes, love this combo. So excited about that. Um, yeah. But Speaking just- of Natalie Portman, are we excited for Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> July 8 coming yeah! soon? <laughs> so excited for <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. I want to rewatch... I don't know if I'll rewatch all the Thor films, but I'll definitely rewatch Ragnarok because I freaking love Ragnarok and maybe. Oh, it's wonderful. But also the first two were pretty good. I rewatched them recently because I know that reputationally they're not like the best Marvel films, but I rewatched them recently and I don't think they deserve as bad a rep as they do. But that is a conversation for another day. I am excited for Thor Love and Thunder. (laughs) Same here. So speaking of Disney. Are, uh, we're talking, we have two segments talking about Disney related content today. So, mm-hmm. um, which we were in like mouse ears or like we're at Disneyland or something right now. Um, really could really go for a churro. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yes. They're so good. So for our big motion picture, our big topic of the today is of course the Hercules live action film is in the works. Um, it's going to be by, um, Aladdin live action director, Guy Ritchie. Um, and it's going to be produced by, the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony mm-hmm. Russo, their production company, AGBO. For those people who do not know, Joe and Anthony Russo dire- um, directed or behind several Marvel films, including Avengers Endgame. 
Um, so this news like blew up the internet because people have been wanting a Hercules live action for a long time. People have been like wanting this for years. And um, before we talk about fan casts, who we'd want to see, um, you know, talk about other overall Disney live actions as a whole. Chantel, I know you are a diehard Hercules fan. It's very important <laughs> in your family. So what was your first reaction when you heard about the news that they are making a Hercules live action film? So, so incredibly excited. But because Hercules is such a big part of my household, we watch it like four to five times a year at least. I am also a little scared and a little worried um, just because I do feel like there is so much vibrance and so much unique kind of um, visuals in the Hercules cartoon that I, I'm I'm a little scared about how that'll translate to live action. Like, of course, Guy Ritchie did a phenomenal job with Aladdin. You know, I, I love how they right. Yeah. And I love how they gave Jasmine more agency. I love how Will Smith had a completely different interpretation of Genie. At the same time, I watched it once in the cinema and didn't ever really feel compelled to watch it again. Whereas I religiously watched the cartoon growing up, and I do think that some of that magic, some of that excitement and color can get lost when being translated to the big screen yeah, um, in a live action capacity. So I think there's a little bit of, of a, I'm a little scared, but I'm so incredibly excited um, to see who they'll cast and to see this new interpretation. You want to show everyone your mug? I do. Um, so <laughs> this is my, well, actually my partner's Hercules mug. It is based off of one that I forget if it's pain or panic. One of the little demons drinks out of in one of the scenes in the cartoon. It actually has Herc in the back. Um, just if you don't believe that, just in the case you didn't believe that she knows what she's talking about. She's a Hercules expert. Yeah. Oh, huge fan. Our, our house is full of Hercules merch, but I didn't want to look too diehard and over-enthusiastic for the podcast, but there's a little Never flavor. Never such thing as being too, too over-enthusiastic, especially when it comes to movies, um, especially because of what we're talking about. It's about enthusiasm about movies. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? So, true, um, true. I will say, you know, this is something that I was a little embarrassed to admit, and I told you this um, before. <laughs> I told you earlier this week. So I definitely, okay, pretty sure I saw Hercules as a kid. I mean, I had like a drawer of all the VHSs, you know, right? Um, but I don't think I, if I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure I watched it as a kid. Not sure um, when I, if I like, again, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100% sure. But, that said, I just watched it, which could have been the first time. Like I said, I don't want to like, I want to give, I'm like trying to say that it wasn't my first time, you know, trying to say that nicely, but it probably, it could have very well been. Nevertheless, no shame. No shame. It came out in 97. You're I fine. Know. I was like four years old. Okay. But nevertheless, <laughs> either, even if it was my first time, it felt like my first time. Yes. I apologize. That was a long way of me explaining to, I need to land the plane. It was a long way for me to get there, but um, it was like I was seeing it for the first time. Again, could have been my first time. And I loved it. I was like, now I understand the appeal. The music is great. The music was oh, yeah. like, my best part. The romance was great. I've always been a big like Greek mythology person. So like I, like I love movies and stuff about that. So loved that. Um, you know, some of the animation was a little like, cheesy a little bit actually one of my coworkers, brian at 2fab 
he's a big Hercules fan. And he was saying that's it kind of got a little bit of a bad rap, I guess, like because people think it's like not the best animation. And I was like, well, I was really? I literally well, because it's like compared to other anim- like animation. Yeah, he said that's yes. what he said. And he's a, and he's a little older. So like he, you know, probably was like remembers when it first came out probably very vividly um yeah and i uh but i said i go honestly i was like yeah when was this movie made but honestly like it's so old like we're not gonna criticize it's it seems i already i already could get that nostalgic classic feel like why people love it just from the time that i watched it um and i want to watch it again so after just watching it and i think a live action could be good but in mm-hmm. better than other live actions, which we'll talk about overall, like what we think about live actions, but uh, Disney live actions specifically, sorry. Um, but it has to be done right. And it needs to be not cheesy. I'm a little weary about the magical elements. I feel like yeah. it can art, which I think can happen even with like Aladdin. There's obviously magical elements and a lot of Disney, there's magical elements. Um, I think some stuff like the monsters, I think that'll be like CGI. Like that's like super, probably super easy. Um but I think in, you know, doing kind of, you know, like Mount Olympus, I think that can be great when it comes to like special effects and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like you got to have the magic and you have to also have to have the, you know, when the muses are singing and they have like the backgrounds and stuff, like very interested oh, to yeah. see how they're going to do that. If they're going to make them like just in the outside, or are they going to kind of do that similar kind of almost like a like Baz Luhrmann kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, it's like, so creative. You know what I mean? Sure, like, are they gonna, yeah. like, are they going to try to make it more, like, I don't want them to make it, like, too realistic, if that, not realistic, but you know what I mean? Like, I want it to still be, like, you can't lose that magic. Yeah, Again, a little I'm not out a diehard fan, but I can already see that. They need to have, I feel like they'd, it's better if they go over the top with that than not enough, because you have to have that. No, definitely. I definitely agree with that. And I think one thing that I was thinking of as you were saying that is Mount Olympus, like the representation of the gods, they're so cartoonish that I feel like turning them into just, you know, like regular people on a cloud will be a bit underwhelming comparatively, but who knows? Maybe then again, like seeing them, you know, like Hera with her beautiful pink glow and all the other gods with their like colors and and different, you know, creative shapes, seeing that, I don't know, in a CGI form could also be quite creepy and a little weird. That's the thing. Like they they can't lose the magic, but they can't yeah. do it to do it right. Like, I, I mean, obviously I'm not involved in special effects or anything, but there's like that right amount of like, this is uncomfortable creepy like you know kids it's gonna be a kids movie so we don't want to like scare the kids you know Mm -hmm. but it needs to be like especially some of the monsters and stuff like they can't make it too scary for like so yeah or hades Um, and pain and panic and yes like the underworld in general i feel like i didn't watch hercules that much as a kid because the hades scenes terrified me and so yeah. i'm just imagining them translating it to live action and i know that like once upon a time the tv show i was had just done gonna this- i just i totally thought about that and right now i was like wait there's yes. once upon a time and he had like his whole little underworld that just i just yeah. that's so weird i just thought about right now i forgot about they- that they did it well, but like Hades as a character, no hate to the actor, super talented and their it unique was like, interpretation. He was, was like cool, too was, normal looking. Yeah, it was so dull. And like Hades really lost a lot of his uniqueness. And and I know he kind of jumps out of the screen at you in a in a slightly terrifying, but mostly fun and engaging type of way. And again, if they cast someone and, and don't put in that extra level of magic, 
it'll it runs a risk of, of looking too scary or too boring or too serious. So there's a lot of concerns for sure. I think for um, kind of like it seems like what we're coming to our conclusion is that it needs to have the right amount of magic. Oh, yes. Like that's that's a thing. I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah, definitely agreed. So kind of moving on to casting. So, of course, as soon as it was announced, Twitter, I did a deep dive on Twitter, like because it was blowing up. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I want this actor. I want this actress. Da, da, da. So one I, I wrote down, like I listed some of the ones that I saw um a lot of popular fan casts. So mm-hmm. uh, some for Hercules were Zane Phillips, who I didn't even know who that was until I kept seeing this guy all over Twitter. He looks the part. Really? I highly recommend looking him up because he looks like a Hercules. He's v- very good looking. Never, again, never heard of this mm-hmm. guy before. He seems like he'd be the right age. I don't know. I think I would say he's in his 20s. He looked like he'd be perfect. Some other ones that I saw were Will Poulter, Taryn mm-hmm. Edgerton, Noah Centineo, Henry Cavill, Tom Holland. Um, I feel like Taryn Edgerton and Henry Cavill are probably too old. I mean, isn't isn't Hercules supposed to be like 18? He's 18 in the film. So yeah. he's, so he's supposed like, to be have that boyish quality about him that I think a yeah. 30-year-old man would just not no. fit the bill off, for. Off that, okay, I'll, I'll say these ones and then we'll say who we would possibly like. Okay, mm-hmm. so, and then for, okay, is it, is it Megara? Megara. Megara. Or Meg is what they call her. I was going to say Meg, but I was like, I should at least attempt to say it correctly. And I was like, <laughs> but I'm like, wait, I just butchered this. So maybe I should just go with Meg. So a lot of people said Ariana Grande. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I watched her sing along a couple years ago when they did the so Disney at home. Good. And it was phenomenal. I watched it again yes. last night. She's so oh. good. Um, beautiful. And the fact that she did the whatever, that's a whole separate thing. But I loved that. Um, and then someone else that was popped up a lot was Liz Gillis. Yes. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but she was obviously in, um, uh, what was it, Victorious? Victorious and then Dynasty, I believe. Dynasty, yes. But she obviously has an incredible voice, and I could totally see that. Um, Some other um, muses that I, for muses, a lot of people said Beyonce, Lizzo, Kiki Palmer, Janelle Monet, Jennifer Hudson. And a lot of people said Danny DeVito to reprise this role as Phil. Which, okay, I just have to say, so I'll say what I, I'll give my opinion about how I feel about some of these and then you tell me what you think and who you would like. Mm-hmm. So I think Danny DeVito, that'd be absolutely great. Um, I think I could, I think Ariana like love her, but I think she's going to be, she's going to be too busy with Wicked. I think that we need to give someone else a chance to do this role, get this role. Um, and I think Liz would be like phenomenal, especially I think Dynasty's ending. I'm like, she's a great mm-hmm. voice. I feel like she'd have that kind of quality. Um, obviously it depends on the chemistry with whoever plays Hercules. I feel like that's going to be really important. Um, I feel like people, and just a side note, I feel like in general, when it comes to castings, people often are like, especially for like biopics, obviously this isn't a biopic, but people are always like, well, they don't look like the person. Like, why didn't they cast this actor? I'm like, first of all, you're not in casting. You don't understand. And and from as a, and I don't understand a lot. I don't obviously don't work in casting. So I don't know what goes on um, with that kind of process. But as a moviegoer, I say, if the especially if it's like based on something else. And I'm like, if they're confident in the chemistry, because they can do wonders with makeup, okay? Yeah. Their hair color, their, you know, eye color, they can change all this stuff, the wigs, all these things. So I'm like, looks wise, I mean, it matters, but like not as much as a lot of people think. So I just wanted to, to note that. Um, 
That said, I think Tom Holland would be not good for this. I love Tom Holland, but no. Sorry. Not the vibe. Too little. I'm sorry. He's too little. Like, I, I just know. Um, yeah, that Zane Phillips guy looks great. Will Poulter, he's, I think, and he was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, volume 3. So I don't know if, like, you know, Disney would be like, oh, that's too much. Um, but someone who is probably too old, but I think he'd be great is Glenn Powell. Do you know who Glenn Powell is? I do not. This okay, might be so he's my been international. In, he's been in brain several brain. movies, but he's like he's like more of like an up and comer. But he was in Top Gun Maverick. Um, okay, he literally looks like like a Ken doll almost. Ah, but he might be too pretty boy. But he's in his thirties, so he might be a little too old. So I'm not sure. Well, as you said, you can do wonders with makeup, and I do think when it comes to the character, it's like maintaining that essence of of boyishness is probably more important than like looking 18 because no 18 year old boy looks like hercules does in the cartoon anyway um but i guess it would all depend on on like the actor themselves and their interpretation yeah totally and then for the muses i mean i kind of agree with the fan i mean i think lizzo definitely needs to be a muse kiki palmer would be great jennifer hudson Mm -hmm. amber riley would be great i think they just need (sighs) to be able to be amazing singers like they need to be like amazing singers and i think i but i don't know i mean i'm i like beyonce but i think beyonce would not be good to include i think she would no just be so no she's the queen and so incredibly talented yeah, but i I'm, do think she she'd be quite distracting because she is beyonce, beyonce. and i Felt like watching The Lion King, I could hear Beyonce and her beautiful, beautiful voice, but I wasn't watching Nala. It felt like I was watching Beyonce. So I do agree with that point, even though I adore Beyonce and she's so, so talented and amazing in every way. Um, No, I I, I agree. The muses, uh, everyone you've listed, I definitely agree with. And I do think that in addition to being a good singer, they just have, because I feel like the muses carry the film in so many ways and they have to be such wonderful performers that like jump out of the screen and and really their presence has to be, has to be felt and has to be so dynamic. And I think everyone you've mentioned would definitely be able to carry that. Is there someone that you would like really like stand to be Hercules? So or not this, stand, but like you're really behind it. Yeah, really support. So this might be a hot take, but honestly, I would kind of like them to cast an unknown or someone who isn't already as big. And hear me out. It's just because I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm for you, girl. I'm. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm all for that. Right, because I do think that. I don't want to be watching the film and kind of similar to what I said about Beyonce. I don't want to be watching the film and instead of you know seeing Herc and like Hercules himself, I, I'd be seeing like, oh, there's Will Poulter as Hercules. Like, I love Will Poulter. Here's him as Hercules. And like, it's not not to say that him or Tom Holland or whoever wouldn't be a good actor because again, they are talented and phenomenal yeah, actors. But totally. I do think seeing like an actor embody Hercules as opposed to just seeing like the actor who is also playing Hercules would be so important for me just as a fan. Um, and similar with Meg, I, I really would love to see that that main couple being unknowns because I think the example I'm thinking of as well is um, Emma Watson as Belle. She's a great singer, great actress, but she felt like I was watching Emma Watson as Belle. And so I really think it would be cool to see something different in this one. Um, but if that were not to be the case, I'm definitely for Liz Gillis as Meg. I think her 
obviously she's gorgeous and she has a wonderful voice and her acting chops are phenomenal but i think i was a huge victorious fan growing up and i think she should bring or could bring some of her energy from when she played jade to kind of like a more adult version of that and adapt it to meg um so definitely behind that awesome i love that so we should go on our next segment but real quick what are some of your favorite Disney live actions and some that you were just like, this did not hit the mark. Just real quick. So I think Maleficent favorite. I thought it was a different interpretation. I loved that. Um, did not hit the mark. And I hate to say this, but Lion King, it was photorealistic. And so it kind of felt like I was watching a documentary with like music was not my thing. Um, and I guess Aladdin was pretty good. But again, I, I wasn't overexcited about it. I just think that overall live actions are are great if they add something or take a different spin on a story or a character. Um, but when they don't and when they just feel like a frame by frame recreation, it, it just feels like, what's the point? Just do something else. How about you? So I really like Cinderella. <laughs> I thought Cinderella yes. was great. That was one of the first ones I feel like. Cinderella was great mm -hmm. um, with Lily James and Richard Madden. I thought that was great. I liked The Jungle Book, actually. I thought that one was actually really good. I haven't um, watched this one. I haven't watched. Yeah. I haven't seen Lion King or Mulan, but I love... Lion King was like my favorite movie growing up. So, I mean, well, favorite as a kid. Like, it was like my favorite like Disney movie. Like, I used to quote the whole thing my mom, my parents would say. So, um, I didn't... And I heard, you know, kind of like eh, reviews, kind of like you were saying. So, I was just like, I'm not going to ruin this. I'm not going to see it. Um... I also loved Maleficent and another more recent one. I really loved Cruella. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which is kind of like, I mean, there was like animated like Cruella origin story, but there wasn't like, but I just, I loved Cruella. I thought that was so out of the box, so modern yes. and funny. I was, I thought it was so funny. So loved that. Um, and I have to just quick note, I would love I, I I want a tangled live action. I want a tangled live action so bad. I stand tangled. I want a tangled live action. I get that. And I similarly want a Princess and the Frog live action because that's my current favorite Ooh, Disney film. That would and, be good. Ooh, I would love it. That could be so good. So um, that was a great, great chat. We went a little <laughs> long, but that's all right. <laughs> that's how you know we're talking a lot. To be expected. To be expected. We knew this was going to happen. Okay. So um, moving on to our next segment, Casting a Light. Um, so we stan Sebastian Stan. We do, Woo! we do. Um, and he's set to star in an A24 psychological thriller. And um, as soon as I saw Sebastian Stan, A24 psychological thriller, I was like, yes, here for this. So the psychological thriller is called A Different Man. Um, according to Deadline, the film follows Edward, an outcast who is seeking a new life and a fresh start. After he undergoes facial reconstructive surgery, he becomes fixated on a man starring as him in a stage production based on his former life. So it sounds very interesting, like, logline here. Like, I'm interested. Um, so I'll get my opinion about Seb and just about, like, where his career is going about this, too. But first, what do you think? What is your What are your thoughts? I am excited. Disclaimer, I obviously adore, I'm a huge MCU fan, so I obviously adore Seb as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, but just in general, I am so happy this man is getting the recognition he deserves, and his range is incredible. And okay, I'm not going to say I didn't watch Fresh all the way through, like his last film, because I it, didn't either, because I, I read the Wikipedia so and I was like, I can't do it. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do no, it. No, literally, literally same. It, that kind of film just gives me a bit of a panic attack. I Woo! wanted to, but I couldn't. 
So I just watched clips and oh my God, he's so, he's electrifying. That man is, and so is obviously Daisy Edgar Jones, also wonderfully talented. Um, But obviously for the purposes of this segment, Sebastian, his, he has so much nuance and I feel like he can portray a really problematic, terrifying character in an understated way, you know, and that's so magical about him. I agree. And I'm excited to see him in this. Oh, same, same. I um, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you know, he's been Pam and Tommy, Fresh, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and just everything that he's done outside of the MCU has been like very like, he's like covering all the genres, it almost seems yes. like, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. And I just, he's incredible in everything. And I too am a huge Bucky fan. I think Winter Soldier might be my, my top three like MCU films. I think the Captain, same. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So good. Um, I rewatch that one regularly, actually. Um, I love, yeah, and I, I hope he's, okay, so while I'm so excited about this movie and I'm so excited, I love seeing him in all these different projects. I have to make just a quick note that I really hope he's not done with the MCU yet at the same time. Like, like I want him to keep doing these age, like A24 psychological thrillers and these kind of like different kind of uh, tapping in different genres and, mm-hmm. and starring in these like, you know, more serious roles. But I, I have to say, I don't want him to leave yet. Like he needs to be in Captain America four alongside Anthony Mackie Ooh. at least a little bit, right? Right? Like he like one more. Just give us one more. Yeah, and I do think they set it up to be that way because I think they set up this new partnership between Bucky and Sam Wilson. Of yeah, Falcon the Winter Soldier slash Captain America the Winter Soldier. You know when it, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think I given the incredible response on social media and how much it basically took over social media in like <laughs> Feb 2021 or whenever it came out, I do think Marvel is probably going to keep him on. But I guess it's also like a personal choice for him. Like, does he want to do that? He yeah. hasn't said that he wants to pull away at all. He hasn't hinted at it. So I, like you, I hope he, he comes back. Um, but I'm also just so happy that he's managed to do other things alongside. Like when you see Sebastian and other things, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's, it's Bucky, you, exactly. He no, is a different exactly. person. Exactly, I totally agree with you. Like you don't. I'm not thinking. Oh, there's Bucky. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, and not all the MCU stars have been like that. You see, yeah. like, oh, there's. You know, I wouldn't say I, I aren't. I, that's not a good example. I was gonna say Iron Man, but that's not Robert Downey Jr. who has done plenty. Um, but. I can't think of an example. Plus, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But I think that um, <laughs> I don't want to. Ba- I want to. I want to slam anyone here. But I think that he's definitely done that well. Like you totally just see him like totally transform into other characters, especially in Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Pam and Tommy yet, but highly recommend. I know that's a TV show, but I just have to say that. And he's rumored to be like, he's on the short list for Emmy nom. So I just love to see him just, you know, just become in the, every, he's getting the recognition he deserves. No, absolutely. It's funnily enough, and also another TV show, but he was on OUAT, and that's where I first saw him and did not realize yes, it was him. Um, yeah. yeah. The Mad Hatter. Oh, he was so creepy. He was so incredibly yeah. creepy. Um, he was also in Gossip Girl, like, just... Yes. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's... I mean, I've been, like, had, like crush on, like, slub crush, like, since, like, for a long time. He's so handsome. I love him. We stand. Yeah. We stand. We stand, Sebastian Stan, and we can't wait to see this movie and everything else that he does. So that was just a Sebastian Stan love love segment. fest. Love fest. <laughs> we just we're just you know we stand. Um, 
Um, so moving on to our next segment, <laughs> the, Holly, the, Holly, <laughs> the Hollywood hoedown. <laughs> Hollywood hoedown. Um, we are going to be talking about Blonde. Netflix is Blonde. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but very exciting because the first teaser trailer was released and we're actually going to show the teaser. Please come. Don't abandon me. She's coming. Men grow cold as girls grow old. And we all lose our jobs in the end. It's then that those lambsters go back to their spouses. Dads are a girl's best friend. She's coming. Okay, so that was the trailer for Netflix's Blonde, starring Ana de Armas. Um, So I have been so excited to finally get a first look. You know, we've we've read about it. Again, we've talked about it on the Mm -hmm. podcast, our concerns, what we're looking forward to. We think she's going to be great. And wow, that short one-minute teaser blew me away. You know, it was set Goosebumps, totally. It was set to Diamonds, Our Girl's Best Friend. You know, um, flashes of iconic Marilyn moments. And I think for me, I think the most about the trailer that was just so like, oh my God, this is going to be like unlike any Marilyn story we've seen before is when in the beginning of the end of the trailer, when it's black and white and she's literally in front of the mirror and like, oh, she's coming, please come. And it almost sounds like she wants Marilyn to come, that she's like, that's kind of what I got. Did you kind of feel that too? Absolutely. And as you were, I just got goosebumps again. She's wonderful, but I do agree with that point. And Anna Deramas has spoken about the movie and talked about how it's not just an exploration of Marilyn, but also of Norma Jean. And so in that one clip, you just see that transition so smoothly. And Anna, I I don't think I've ever seen an actor who plays, who's played Marilyn, who looks so much like Marilyn. Like she's got the expressions down. Like obviously she doesn't look exactly like Marilyn, but she is as close as I've ever seen. And I am in awe and I am so excited and i've been a maryland fan since i was like 13 years old and she means a lot to me and so i can't wait to see this new you know they've described it as a feminist take and so i am looking forward to seeing how they 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 portray there's uh, i'm looking forward to see how this portrayal like unfolds and 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 how it ends up me too. I, I agree with everything you said, especially, you know, it is based on a novel, so it's not mm-hmm. all true. Um, but I think that a lot of the stuff that happened that they're going to show and and discuss is probably things that happened, um, which, you know, as we discussed in the podcast before, like rape, sexual assault, that's why it's NC-17, mm-hmm. um, which will be hard to watch. But I think that it's going to – I feel like – I feel like it's going to be we're going to really see Norma Norma Jean way more than other things. Even though it's a, like, Definitely. you know, blonde, it's about Marilyn, but I feel like we're going to get more of Norma Jean. And I feel like that's what isn't really been done before, hasn't really been done before. And I feel like that's going to be 
so dark, especially from like, you know, it says um, the log line is blonde blurs the lines of fact and fiction to explore the widening slip between your public and private selves. So it's about both of her personas, just like in that in the trailer where she's like, please come. And then she immediately just starts laughing. And I'm like, oh, there's Marilyn, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Ana de Armas, like, I'm like, Oscar, Oscar, like, the, the alarms went off. I'm like, I can already see it now. And um, as you mentioned, she said it's a feminist take. She said, I found it to be the most daring, unapologetic, and feminist take on her story that I had ever seen, which mm-hmm. I think is also interesting, especially because it's going to be covering such dark subject matter. I haven't read the book, which I kind of want to now. It's, apparently, it's really long, but I, I'm interested to read the book now. Um, and she also said... We worked on this film for hours, every single day for almost a year. I read Joyce's novel, studied hundreds of photographs, videos, audio recordings, films, anything I get my hands on. Every scene is inspired by an existing photograph. She spoke to Netflix Q and said that. And another interesting that she said was, fame is what made Marilyn the most visible person in the world, but it also made... Okay, fame is what made Marilyn the most visible person in the world, but it also made Norma the most in- invisible. Mm. Which I just think is just, again, again, I feel like Chills. we've never really seen Norma Jean. And I feel like we're finally going to see the stuff that was hiding behind all these famous photographs, you know, her um, in the subway grate and and these films and everything that she's known for, this glitz and glamour. We never really are getting to see this darkness, which is going to be like heartbreaking. I feel like this film is totally going to be an emotional uh, dark and, and it's going to be like a gut punch, I feel like. No, absolutely. I think the big thing that I'm super happy that they've done is been really, really upfront about this is like a blurring between fact and fiction where like they're not trying to speak for Marilyn or trying to like impose a narrative on her that's just like, oh, she was this tragic, beautiful figure or like, you know, with the recent... Netflix documentary that basically like I haven't watched that yet but I want to watch it it's good it's good but there's a lot of emphasis on like the men in her life and how they Mm -hmm. like psychologically messed her up and like she's so intertwined with with JFK and that whole relationship and so I like how this film brings it back to her but also is clear that it's not trying to to say anything, to speak for her, basically, and and tell a story that wasn't there. Like it's gonna be dramatized. It's a movie, you know. It's it's a story being told, but it's also not pretending. Like this is exactly what happened, and this is exactly who she is. Um, which, like, as someone who studied history in college and like did a lot of documentary versus docudrama analyses, is is something a little nerdy side of my brain is really happy about. It. But also, I'm just, I'm excited to see as well, because we didn't really hear a lot of talking from her or, or at all from her in the trailer. So I'm excited to see how she does Marilyn's kind of iconic voice, because it's a little bit breathy, but like in the tapes, in like Marilyn's tapes, again, you'll hear them in the documentary, she does sound a bit like a different person. So I'm, I'm excited to see where Anna does that kind of bridge vocally as well as physically between Norma Jean and Marilyn. And I just, I just want, I want a longer trailer. I want more. I want this movie out now. I I want more. Did you see, (laughs) we actually did this on 2Fab. We did a gallery of all the photos that were released. Did you see all the photos that were released? Mm -hmm. And some people have been posting the side by sides. And I was like, holy shit. She literally looks just like her. And I'm like, they really are just like, yeah. So anyone, again, talking about biopics and again, a topic from another time, we can do a deep dive on biopics another time. But I think that 
again, like you would see Ana de Armos, a Cuban, a Cuban actress, dark hair, has a little bit mm-hmm. of an accent, and you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, definitely her for Marilyn. You know what I mean? Yes. But then you see that trailer. She's Marilyn Monroe. Totally. Oh, yeah. And speaking of... No, exactly. And like speaking of her accent, like she has like a very slight accent. So I'm excited to see the way her dialect, you know, comes across in the film because she she just looks so perfect. Another good thing about her is that like, yes, she's famous. She's already been in, in quite a few you know, very prominent films, but she's, you know, I think this could be a huge breakout role in a different way for her because i think michelle williams played marilyn last in my week with marilyn there might have been someone after that but that's the the highest profile one i could think of right now and though she was great like she clearly put in a lot of work um she still was michelle williams on the screen whereas i think and this kind of goes back to what we were saying about hercules earlier you know that's a great point that's totally a great sorry to interrupt you that's a great point because i guess that's a great way to put it because sometimes i feel like you're like what what what's what don't i what feels wrong to me like Mm -hmm. what does it feel what doesn't feel right is a better way to put it what doesn't feel right and and that's a great way because it's like like coming up um you know to see elvis i'll probably talk about that next week you know am i gonna see austin butler playing elvis or am i gonna see elvis the reviews so far again just a quick tease they've been people been saying he is elvis like his family said even the presley family mm-hmm. has said that so i think that's something that really have to keep in mind that's a great way to put it because often you is like who am i seeing am i seeing who they're playing am i seeing the character or am i seeing the actor playing the character and again it's like you want to see you want that character study you want that them that transformation and sometimes it's it's not just physical it's often the um, you got to get the essence of Definitely. the person and i feel like anna de Armas already seems like from that little trailer that she has the essence and i can't wait mm-hmm. to see the film and i want give us a longer trailer i know it's not coming now. out for like, a few months, but like can we get it now please like come on um, at netflix i'm ready you've been called out netflix i just like hit my mic i hope that didn't okay um <laughs> i just smacked it we're, oh, we no. just got we just got these mics by the way so um we're still getting <laughs> we're still getting used to them they're it's so a learning big. process they're learning ginormous process. they're so big they're so big um so um i think we're good to add that end that segment there unless there's anything else about um blonde you wanted to add before we go to our last segment release it now we need really? we all need to see it <laughs> give it give it to us now we can't wait netflix hurry up <laughs> so um for our last segment what'd you see what'd you think um we're gonna talk about a film we both saw this weekend lightyear um before we get into it real quick i just have to say something else i watched this weekend that i highly recommend everyone go watch is cha-cha real smooth it's on apple apple tv plus with um cooper rafe and dakota johnson i don't know who cooper rafe was um he's fairly um new i believe it was phenomenal. I cried. I laughed. It was a feel-good movie, um, but also very like thought-provoking. And so I highly recommend. I just had to to um, give that movie a quick shout out. And people have already been saying like, give like starting the um, the social media Oscar uh, best actress actress Oscar campaign for Dakota Johnson, and I fully support because she is phenomenal in that movie. Um, highly I'll recommend. Have to go watch it. Yeah, like watch this weekend. Like highly recommend. Um, but we are going to talk about Lightyear. Um, let's roll a quick clip just so everyone get a little visual. Buzz! Buzz Lightyear. Uh, 
probability of survival with an inexperienced crew is 38.2 percent. Hmm, seems a bit low. Mission failure imminent in three. Grandma always said she believed in you. Two. One. There was a big swirly do. Oh, I think I need a bag. No, no. Please record your last words. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. If you are satisfied with this recording, speak or select uh. one. Okay, so that was a little glimpse of Lightyear. Of course, Chris Evans voices the iconic character from the Toy Story films. Um, well, sorry, it is he voices the character from the movie that Andy watches. <laughs> yes. Did I say that right? I literally. Yeah. Like, so he's, like, he's, he's not the, the toy. He's the no. person the toy is based off of in yes. Andy's favorite film. It's very meta. I know. It's very meta. And okay, real quick, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's going to be very spoiler filled. Um, so yeah, the film starts with saying, you know, um, the film started with, um, uh, what was it? It said like in 1995, Andy had got his Buzz Lightyear toy from his favorite movie. This is that movie. Yes. So they said that. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. glad they put that there because there was a lot of confusion. Again, I couldn't even like fully like slate it right out because it is hard. Even like Chris Evans struggled in like a tweet, like Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> made fun of him because it's so, it's kind of hard to like put it into words. Like it is a little hard. So I'm glad they add that in the beginning of the movies. People ca- for sure were like, but there was, you know, we're not going to get into this, but there was a lot of confusion. People, especially a lot of, we're not going to get political with it, but especially a lot of conservatives were like, oh my God, they replaced Tim Allen. Like, oh, oh my God. Gosh. No, they're not. It's not the same thing, dude. It's a like, different character. Yeah. It's so like, clearly they had to give that clarification at the beginning of the film because again, people weren't getting it. So glad they did that. Just wanted to point that out. So first off, I will say I enjoyed the film. Was mm-hmm. it the best Pixar film I've seen? No. Was it in the top five? Also, no. I thought it was cute. Um, there were things I did and didn't like, which I'll get into. But first off, Chantal, what were your was was your initial reaction? What'd you think? Same, same for me. I think it was entertaining, and I mean, and I do want to preface all of this by saying I understand it's a family movie. It was made so that children could enjoy and follow along. It's not supposed to be hyper complex. At the same time, I think my biggest issue was that um, like Buzz's, you know, Buzz's best friend slash co-worker for the first 20 minutes of the film was Alicia Hawthorne. And and they really the film really established Alicia and Buzz's relationship, like friendship as like an emotion, Alicia herself as an emotional core of this story. And you get really attached and really drawn in. So that kind of for the rest of the film, you follow these other characters that you don't really have as much of an emotion, at least personally, I didn't have as much of an emotional tie to. So it kind of felt like I was being really drawn in, really drawn in and like no hate to Kiki Palmer. She is so amazing and I've loved her since I was a kid, right? But I just didn't care about, (laughs) I just didn't care about 
Izzy Palmer as much as I did. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Izzy Hawthorne as much as I did Alicia Hawthorne, and and the other two like Taika Waititi's character. I think his name is Mo, um, and I'm forgetting the fourth character, like the elderly person. But they were funny, and I I loved how they ex- established that friendship unit. And the movie really was about trusting each other and that friendship and building that trust. But I didn't really care about them as much because they they kind of just felt like there was a lot of gags, a lot of quips, but. After that first 20 or so minutes, I, I just if I felt so much less engaged, you know, and I think that it, apart from and th- this is one thing both you and I agree on. Our favorite socks was socks. the best. <laughs> socks was the best part of the movie. OK, now we're going to sound it like really was. girls right now, but socks, the, the adorable robot cat was so freaking cute. Best character in the movie. He was funny. He was mm-hmm. cute. He like you know you were I was like always worried about him and then like yes! I loved his whole arc and then like I was so worried like if like the one moment he almost like well he was gonna fly into space and then saved him I was just yeah loved and then I love at the end and we had his little suit on with the little oh, oh my God, dying I, I love, need a toy of that I need in the, a like, toy socks socks. And a suit we are Sebastian stands and sock stands and, and Disney mm-hmm. stands. No, but uh, <laughs> this is yeah, a Sebastian I, Stan and socks appreciation podcast. Totally, a hundred percent. I even I was we were talking yesterday. We actually were testing out our mics, and um, I had tweeted earlier in the day that I said um, I said socks was my favorite part of Lightyear. Because I didn't want to say anything else about Lightyear because obviously we're going to talk about it in the podcast. And then, mm-hmm. like, when I was talking with you, like, the Buzz Lightyear, the Pix official Buzz Lightyear film or Lightyear film um, Twitter account was like, can we can we use your tweet? Like, we'd like to use it. And I was like, so cool. Oh my God. I was like, we want to use my tweet. Both of us just start screaming. That is so, so cool and so exciting. Yeah, we were so excited about that. Um, so I agree. I wasn't really thinking about that, but I, I, I wasn't, there was some things like I couldn't really pinpoint like what I wasn't, didn't like, but I didn't think about that, about how you kind of were, you were wanting about, um, what was her name? Hawthorne? What was Alicia the, Hawthorne? Alicia. Like, yeah. You kind of like were, and then when she died, it was like horrible. That was so sad. Mm-hmm. But then like you, you're right. Cause you want to, you're, you get attached to her and then it's like, Izzy, you're like, yeah, I'm not as attached. And then you kind of like introduce new characters. So you don't have that same kind of bond you don't you they, there wasn't enough time if it was a little bit longer maybe we, if they gave us some more time because it wasn't only an hour and 45 minutes which i know only but movies are obviously you're like you know pushing three hours these days so i feel like maybe if it was like, even longer. yeah and then like you know batman yeah so long movies oh. these days so i think that um i agree with that the other thing that i didn't like so i wasn't a huge fan of the zerg twist I so thought I, it was yeah. You go first. I, oh, sorry. No, sorry. So I I liked. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, oh, it's Buzz from the future. But I'm like, oh god. My first reaction goes, oh 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 god. Is this going to be a time travel story? Like, oh, we yeah. get enough time travel. That was my first reaction. I go, oh god, please no, please no, please no. We don't need any mm. more time travel. We've do- we've had enough. You know, agreed. Um, I know what else thought it was kind of funny because it's like Chris Evans. And then like it's it's James Brolin voiced zerg and then like josh brolin was thanos okay thanos just, yeah that was just a funny thing I had to there's say a lot of marvel parallels in this I, film. I, yeah no totally but um i will say though i'm glad they didn't like it wasn't a whole time travel thing they just kind of had that he was the older buzz i'm like oh thank god because that was my first reaction i was like please no please no but i think 
Because my first reaction was like, I don't like this. But then the more I thought about it as I was, you know, preparing for the podcast today, I feel like they had to have that because Buzz had to realize that he didn't need to go home and finish the mission because he already was home on this new planet. So we needed to show that. And like, and then the the future Buzz was obviously like stuck in um, the past, even though he's in the future because he was like wanted to, he never changed. But the mm-hmm. buzz, the present day Buzz like really re- evolved and realized, oh, this is a home. Like we can make a home here. Um, so I think it was necessary. But um, I feel like some of it was rushed and some of the pacing um, I didn't like either. And Lightyear didn't do well at the box office. It only um, grossed 51 million North America. It predicted like about 70 million. Um, for Pixar, obviously, it's not great. Um, I know we're um, running out of time, but one thing to note, and a lot of people weren't happy about this, because obviously during the pandemic, this is obviously a bigger conversation, you know, some films have gone straight to streaming. But this is the first Pixar Disney Pixar film that was exclusively in theaters since 2020 um, onward and which I never saw actually. Um, And um, so turning red soul Luca were all on exclusively on Disney plus. And some of them were originally believed supposed to be um, either both or exclusive, exclusively theatrical. And I haven't seen turning red yet, but I heard it's incredible. You said it was amazing. So amazing. Yes. But I think that, you know, I loved Luca. And I loved Soul. Soul won a freaking Oscar. So I think that, you know, but I feel like Lightyear needed to be on the big screen. But at the same time, I'm like, these other films should have had because they were better than Lightyear and they should have been on the big screen too. But obviously with the pandemic and it's obviously kids films, they had to make decisions. But I'm just kind of bummed that like release wise, I'm like, why couldn't they have like, I don't know, pushed the other ones maybe and made it so they could all be exclusively theatrical. I don't know. What, What do you think about that? I agree. And I think what's probably like the huge letdown is the fact that like, you know, for two years almost, we were just watching them on, you know, our our home TV screens. And so for the first cinematic experience of a Pixar film, because we grew up with Pixar, like it was watching these films in the cinema was this wonderful emotional roller coaster. And so for the first film to try and get that feeling back for it to be just okay was a letdown and and I definitely agree and fun little thing is Luca because I'm, I'm from Italy for those of you who don't know I just sound super American but um Luca a lot of scenes are like visually very similar to a city or like a seaside town very near to where I'm from in Italy and so it was just a whole other emotional experience that I personally would have loved to see in the I, theater Luca, I cried watching Luca Oh, yeah, it was just it was a simple narrative with so many complex themes and like kids could enjoy it, but adults could also be like, oh, my goodness, I'm crying or I'm laughing. And I think that's kind of what Lightyear didn't uh, didn't fully get them get on the mark um, is that I think like kids probably really enjoyed it. I'm sure, especially when it comes out on Disney Plus, it'll probably get a ton of streams. Yeah. But as as an adult, I was like, oh, okay. I see why some adults don't like watching cartoons because this just felt not as 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 up there as as it should have been and and could have been but that's also obviously not to say that there wasn't an incredible amount of hard work put into this because you know you know that there was there was still a lot of heart and you know i thought um one quick note i do think that the post-credit scenes were interesting um they were kind of they were kind of whatever the last one was the most interesting and i'm like they should have put that one first because people are totally gonna leave because it totally teases a sequel 
Yep. So I don't know if they'll get a sequel after these, um, after the box office. But number one thing I have to say in conclusion, it didn't go infinity and beyond for me. Um, but I love Chris Evans. <laughs> oh, and he's I, wonderful. Fox. And everybody should watch his Disney. puppy interview because yes. it'll give you serotonin, a boost of serotonin. 100%. All right, so I think we're good to end it there. Everyone, check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out also on the TMZ Podcast Network on YouTube. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.